Welcome to the North vs South podcast, where we discuss video games, technology, TV and films. This is the fourth and final episode where we are putting the James Bond films into a tier list. We do apologise about the massive gap between episodes. I've moved house. So Josh, the next movie we are going to discuss is Casino Royale 2006. So do you like have all these years in your head or have you actually researched this beforehand? I researched the previous films because I wasn't too familiar um, with all of them, but the latest James Bond films, I, I know that what year they came out. So this film came out in 2006. The next film, Quantum of Solace, came out in 2008. Um, back to... You've no, skip, you've skipped Skyfall. Film. Skyfall, sorry. Skyfall came out in 2012. Spectre came out in 2015. No Time to Die came out in 2021 slash 2022. That is correct. There are no points for any of that. There are. I wasn't asking for any points, but uh, anyway, Casino Royale 2006. I've actually seen this film quite a few times because I first watched it in the cinema. Didn't you say, was this one of your first? No, that was to, uh, tomorrow. Was this the first one you saw in the cinema? No, no, no. It was um, the pre- the previous one. Um, uh, Die Another Day. Die Another Day. That was the first James Bond um, film I saw in the cinema. And then I saw this twice in the cinema. Was it that good or you just happened to go no, with people? No, so the first time I you know, watched it because it was brand new, James Bond, great, go and watch it in the cinema. I had it on like, I bought it on DVD and we got it for Christmas on DVD and we I've watched it countless times. And then the school was like, oh, we got these, we're going to go to the cinema. And instead of watching a brand new film, they were like, well, yeah, we're going to watch James Bond Casino Royale. I think it was like 2007. We went to go and watch it. And then I was like, oh, I've seen this like so many times. And I had to go and watch it again in the cinema. But uh, yeah, no, it's still a good film. Good experience. So this literally is your favourite James Bond film because the entire film is a uh, poker game. Is that right? Yes, I do like, I do like the, the poker scenes in this film they're quite tense but i kind of it's kind of weird because the previous film in my opinion was a good film but casino royale just totally rips everything apart and starts again and just like it's it's basically just a remake of uh a retelling of what J- how james bond started and and to be honest it's the first book in the james bond series so but in terms of like um what james bond can and cannot do it kind of just said, no, this is going in a totally different direction to the previous films. Like the old formula that we got used to was like out the window. And this film was just like a, a big breath of fresh air. So in terms of James Bond films, you'd seen Die Another Day. Had you seen any other James Bond films when you watched this? Yeah, I, I, when growing up, I used to watch some of the James Bond films on TV. But I, I wouldn't like sit through and watch them all. It, it was like you, where you've seen bits and bobs of parts yeah. of films uh, just as it's on itv yeah, for an evening. yeah. Yep. and what did you what, how did you feel because i know a lot of people were upset about james bond being blonde you know um this yeah i, remember I don't know that. daniel uh, craig wasn't he, he wasn't a huge actor at this time i know he'd been in like layer cake and something else but people weren't sure about daniel craig being james bond like were you a purist at this point oh i i i didn't really i didn't have that kind of knowledge like i was too young to understand anything like People were upset. So you could you could enjoy it for being what it was. Yeah, I was just I, I just went. I was like, oh, okay, it's a James Bond film. I I do I do remember them being members of like, oh, you can't have James Bond being blonde, and, you know. And then, but when he came out of the pool, he came out of the swim, uh the sea. Sorry, I think a lot of people changed their minds instantly. And when they saw him in the casino, and then saw the amazing car stunt. Where it flipped over oh, a few times right at the end, yeah, yeah. But that was that was like before the film actually came out. I think they were just showing like some scene in the trailers and stuff, and people were like, "Oh, actually, this looks actually quite good." Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I I think it's it brings back a lot of realism back to the character, a bit like um, Timothy Dalton tried to do. Gritty is the word I hear. Gritty, just stuff that like. You're thinking what he's thinking, like how can how can I get through this? And then when he thinks up the idea, you're like, actually, that's a really good, perfect idea. When he's chasing the guy in the airport, and uh, he, I think he gets in like a truck, or he's driving, he's like driving a a truck, and then James Bond just decides to get on like the staircase, one of those staircases, and jumps off that to then tr- 
jump on the truck to get onto the truck because then because they're trying to fight because there's like some sort of key mechanism that's gonna blow up the uh blow up blow up a plane isn't that correct was that this film or was that quantum of solace no that's casino royale that's casino royale we get he has to go to the airport yeah it, do you know what in my head i can see it i just um yeah because there's this prototype uh jetliner that's going to be unveiled and he's got this kind of explosive thing on his belt that he was going to the the terrorist guy yeah he was going to put it on the fuel tank or just underneath the plane or something like that yeah that's right actually yeah, do you know yeah. something and actually this is you know we were like part way through editing the last podcast and i've just got to the bit where i'm quizzing you about what makes a quintessential james bond bit and there's something that happens in this scene where it looks like James Bond has lost. He's being arrested by the airport police. He's and wrong. the other guy is sort of like sneaking off. And then you hear the beep, 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 as the thing's about to go off. And it turns out... He pegged it to his he trousers. He pegged it to his trousers. And then the uh, the terrorist guy is the one who actually blows up instead of the um, plane and, everyone, and all the innocent people around them. And then James Bond just has that kind of smirk as a, yeah, okay, I'm not in a great situation, but yeah, I won. So I would probably either give it an S ranking or an A, in my opinion. Like it's one of the if you if you had to watch that film, say, oh, okay, we're gonna watch it, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'd be like, Yeah, good, it's a good film. But some of the other films in the previous films where if they said, Oh, you have to watch this, I'd be like, uh, do we do we really have to <laughs> But yeah. I think uh it's it's also because you know, you grow up watching this film and it's one of your films I've seen a lot. And also I thought it was very clever how they did the opening credits you know when they when they normally have uh, James Bond walk in, Uh-oh. and uh, in this film he he fights the guy in the bathroom, and then he turns around and shoots his gun, and that's the scene where that's minute in the that's a transition into the title. Yeah, because I don't think the next film they got that right at all. We will get onto that. But yeah, I I enjoyed the story. It kept me on on the edge, and when you find out that she kills herself so that she's trying to like protect bond she drowns herself and uh and then he's like he's wondering like because then that leads on to the next film which carries on from casino royale well they all do like all all of the daniel yeah. craigs are linked pretty much yeah. it's, it's basically one long story really yeah um do you know what for me uh the first time i saw it i can't say i was enthralled by it um but it what it did do is this is uh when they re-released all the james bond books so i watched the film and then uh, a little while later, I got the book. I got this and another one for Christmas. Um, and that's when I started reading the James Bond novels. And even though reading a novel doesn't affect the film and what's in the novel isn't what's in the film, it did let me appreciate the film more than I had just the first time watching it. I'm not sure at this point how many James Bond films. I think, again, basically I had seen Die Another Day in full and I had seen aspects of other James Bond. You know, I mostly the it's, it's mostly going to be the Roger Moore uh, films that would have been memorable in my head. Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan were, I think, the two people who I possibly could have named as James Bond actors uh, before because I would have been, I've been 15 at this point growing up in a relatively conservative christian household as well so it's not like we you know it's not like like my dad liked james bond but i don't think they really wanted to like put me in front of them too young i don't know how many times i've seen the film but when i rewatched it about a month ago it was a way more interesting film you know you got things like felix leiter you got uh mathis he was actually a genuinely good character. Le Chief. Le Chief, yeah. Le Chief. I, think, I think these are all people who I hadn't appreciated their characters and that, or how good they were until I came back to watch it for the, um, you know, for the second time or more recently or whatever. I would say, I would say, yeah, let's put it in an S. There's not too many in there and I don't want to put too many more in there. And we're right. In fact, isn't there like one film in S tier, two films in S tier? Yeah, there's only like yeah. f- I think it's like from Russia with Love. So I think we'll have that as an S tier. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's one of the, like the ones that is just like yeah, and it really ticks the box, ticks the boxes for me because having like coming back after reading the novels, Daniel Craig's Bond is very similar to how Ian Fleming wrote the character of Bond. So I do like his, and I do like Timothy Dalton's Bond because they are very close to the books, whereas Sean Connery and particularly Roger Moore aren't particularly and we will ignore the fact that ian fleming wrote in the scottish bit because you know because of how the timelines worked back in the days but yeah daniel 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 craig is a very bookish james bond to me 
before we move on, sure. How do you how do you find Daniel Craig as Bond anyway? Well, so we just come back into the podcast because the audio recorder crashed. Sure. Okay. So the next one would be our Quantum of Solace, two thousand and eight, and I have to say, I absolutely hated it with a passion. There was a good bit about the film. <laughs> Mathis was in it. With the villain? No, he was. Um, Mathis is the old guy, not the old guy. I sound so young. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he he's... was. He was in Casino yeah, Royale. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was his sort of like the guy with the grey hair and moustache in the. Um, I hated bit. him being in it because he basically. James Bond says, please come back with me. I need your help. I really need your help. You know, and this guy, he's living by himself. He's got his missus. He's living his life. He hasn't got any worries in the world. And he's like, and James Bond just keeps going on and on and on and said, please help me. I need your help. I need your help to find out who these people are and get me stuff. And so, like, okay, I'll help you. And then he ends up getting like stabbed or shot. I can't remember. He ends up getting killed, and then they just stuff him in the boot of a car, and you're just like, "What? Yeah. What a waste!" That's the downside: is that he dies, and then he, they don't. They don't do anything. Just they like, unceremoniously. Dead. They do deal with it. Like she says, "Is that what you do to your friends?" Um, but yeah, like. Ugh. Yeah, but let's let's go back. Like the first scene in the film is just. It's an interesting scene because he's like, he's the the bad guy that at the end of Casino Royale where he tracks down uh, Mr. White Mr. White sorry and he's asked they're interrogating him and saying you, you think you know, you know us you don't know any of us you know we've got people everywhere and then out of nowhere some guy that's been loyal to M for the last 10 years starts shooting at him and you're like that doesn't make any sense like the guy's been loyal to M. He's he's been like the personal like she says he's been my personal guard for for the last five years, and I've known him for ten. I I know his wife and children, and now he's betrayed us. And like yeah, but that's a standard story. Like they did that in in um in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with um, Hydra and Shield. That's if you're deep undercover, then you are that trusted with the enemy. I don't know. I just but the thing I hate about this film is. James Bond just, he's going around and he, he's just, he doesn't know when to just like relax. Just, there's so many, like Emma says, why did you kill this person? Why did you throw him off the roof? There was no reason to do it. And you're like, yeah, why did he do it? Like, they could have asked him questions. They could have, oh, I, oh, I'm James Bond. I don't, I don't care. You know, I, I do what I want. I kill people. And it just didn't make any sense. Like, his head was just not in the right place the entire film. He was just going around, stomping around, killing people. But isn't that the whole point? Like he's well, no, he, he's, he's 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 in not grief, but he's in he's after whoever's responsible for what happened at the end of the previous film with Mister White and Vesper and 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 all that sort of stuff. He's not in a good place. But James Bond still has a head. He always has his head. In this film, he just completely lost it, and he was just doing some really daft things, and it just didn't make any sense, and it kind of hurt the hurt the story in the film. It was just. It felt like rushed, like the, the um, the. Fight well, it definitely scenes. wasn't rushed. That was the problem: is that they had no writers, so he had to do the writing for it. So, I, I this this There's all happened. Strike, it was during yeah. the writing strike, yeah. wasn't it? So, I mean, actually, I suppose it might have been they had to rush to write it so that they could fit in uh, the filming. Um, but I imagine there would, there might have been quite a lot of the opposite problem where they're waiting and waiting and waiting. How long can we wait for the writer strikes? I don't know how long they were on for. And then they're like, okay, now we've got three weeks where we really need to write this script before we go out and start shooting it. Is there any good things about the film? Yeah, there's the, the guy that's uh, using the broom but doesn't use the broom. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the one. <laughs> I'm trying to spot that. I didn't manage to spot it. I think you have to really zoom in like on the right-hand side. I think it's like when James Bond's on the bike. If I remember, he's, like, he's on the bike and he's using his... Mobile, and then I feel it... like it's um, relative. Yeah, hello. How are you? Okay. So, are you recording? Yeah. So, I would give this film a D, and possibly if. We... Are we going to talk about? Um, do you want to talk about the motorcycle man, or are we just going to skip that bit? I was going to think. I was going to talk about the. Um, I was thinking about talking about the plane. He's in the plane as well. That was that was an exciting scene. I gotta admit that that was a quite good scene when there was another plane chasing, and he's on this really old plane. This is right at the end, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. With the yeah. um, um, after the explode, 
the exploding building thing. That was a good scene, but yeah, just for me, it didn't work. None of it worked. It felt it. It just didn't feel like the previous film set up so good standards, and then this film just completely went back on everything. And it, he looked like a crazy maniac killer that was just going around killing people. It's a bit like your uh, revenge flick of the uh, License to Kill. A little bit, but this I think this this film is a lot worse because he just doesn't think. He's just like. He kills people, and then and then Em's like, "Why did you kill that person? We could have inter- we could have got information out of him. What a dead, you know? A, he's not. There's no. A, he doesn't think like people are assets as well. They have information that they might be able to use, and he's just like, ah, sod it, just kill him. Or there was like there was one guy. He, I think he pushed off a roof or something, and he's like, why? Just leave him. Just knock him out. That was quite a good scene, though, because that's the one... It was similar to a Roger Moore death. So there's a Roger Moore scene where, very similar, where he's trying to get information off, and the guy's holding onto his tie. He gets the information, and then uh, Roger Moore kind of, like, does this thing, which forces the tie out of the guy's hand, and then he falls. And um, I don't think it was his tie, because I think Daniel Craig tends to wear bow ties, but he was kind of holding on to him in such a way that the guy was holding on to him, and then Daniel Craig kind of made a move that forced him to let go, and then he fell onto the car below. Yeah. But he didn't. I don't think he he didn't necessarily die from that though. He was still alive when he landed on the car because he groaned when they when they dragged him off the bonnet. Well, he may have died later on, but he wasn't like one of those instant death type things. But what's the point of having a license to kill if you're not going to go around murdering everyone? Well, you, you have to know your limits. <laughs> I don't, for me, it, it just it seemed like a bloodbath. It was like anyone who was in his way just just got killed. Right. I hate it. Definitely a D for you. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think there's anywhere. What else about you? Then? Go on. Then. I can't. Do you know what? You like to? No, I cannot remember. I've seen this film twice. Cannot remember anything Nothing apart happens. from the Mathis death scene and that guy who died, and there was a building on fire. Oh, talking about the building on fire, that was so terrible because we don't believe that James Bond is superhuman, do we? James Bond is a regular man with regular strengths and regular human weaknesses. He should have perished in that fire. Yes. There's no way that he would have survived that fire, any part of it. He was jumping from burning floors to other burning floors, grabbing onto... He was doing things that you would expect from a Marvel film, not things that you would expect from a James Bond film. And that's 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 the problem is the realism just goes out the window. I know like okay, like in Casino Royale you have that scene with the um African guy doing the um jumping around and stuff. Or the parkour at the beginning. Parkour, but that that's still that was still like yeah, okay. I mean parkour was pretty big at the time. Like I think that's actually genuinely quite doable. And there was no and there's nothing jumping from crane to crane is over the top, but it's within the realm of possibility yeah and this now film... this film there was <laughs> yeah. a bit of parkour where he was jumping down a flight jumping off a balcony and grabbing onto this really tiny metal ledge thing which would have been difficult to do in a normal circumstance never mind the fact what then when there's a bu- burning building around you and the thing you're grabbing probably is going to scold your hands immediately um, and that's just a bit it's like one or two ticks over the limit of what's too much so you give it a d then I have zero reason to give it anything more than a D. It's a shame, though. It is a shame. Because it's not like Daniel Craig isn't a good James Bond. He goes from S to D. <laughs> Very quick. But, um, okay, the next film is uh, Skyfall, 2012. Now, when I first saw this film in the cinema, I was blown away. I thought it was very good. But I've seen it a few times over the years. And each time I see it, it's not held up as well as it did the first time I saw it, unfortunately. I know that you haven't seen the Dark Knight or the Dark the Dark Knight series by Christopher Nolan. But if you've seen that series and then you watch Skyfall, Skyfall is just a ripoff of those films, artistically and script and filming. Because if you the the best scene that indicates this is when the bad guy in, in Skyfall, I forgot his name, he, he manages to escape from his little cell. He he goes in the underground and then he's, he tries to go and kill M. And then he he basically, he's he's had this plan for like years and years and years. And he, he has some explosives set to detonate at a specific point when, when Bond is there and then the train 
comes along. <laughs> so he blows it up, and then the train comes along and heads and smashes right into the like where where they are, and then he just climbs up the, the ladder. But all 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 of that, all that like tenseness, comes from the Dark Knight, like or especially the Dark Knight where. You have a someone who is absolutely crazy and has yeah elements of like the Joker. It's, it, he's basically the Joker. This guy. He has like things planned and GPS signal lost. What the hell is that? Have you still got sat nav on. <laughs> Didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. No, yeah, so, yeah. So basically, it 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 just feels like the same story where you have the Joker going around creating mayhem in Gotham, and then this guy's creating mayhem in London. And he knows uh, Joker doesn't really know the people like this. This guy does because he knows M, and he used to be an agent that worked uh, for the Secret Service. And uh, he was he was basically given away to like the Chinese or some a- Asian country, I think Korea or like, China. And uh, he he took there's like that tablet, isn't there? That the little cyanide. Cyanide. And it basically didn't kill him. It just destroyed his teeth. He's fa- well. He's face pretty much it to me it's it's too what i'm trying to say is it's too familiar to the other films that are coming out at that time it kind of sort of like okay that that was a massive hit so we got to do something quite similar so instead of it being an original film it takes a lot of elements from the batman series but i know you haven't seen that so you can't really comment but if you did see it and then you watched skyfall you would say okay i understand what you're saying and I can kind—I kind of—I know enough about Batman. Yeah. You know, I know it's a dark, grimy shot film. I know, obviously, I know who the Joker is, so I can kind of see that. Now, now you say that, I can kind of see that in the character. But in the whole—the whole film, because like this is almost a film of two parts, because you've got the begin, you've got the pre-Scotland bit, and then you've got the Scotland bit, and even the Scotland bit, you know, was in Scotland, so it's very dark, very cinematography, art-esque. You know, some nice long shots of the the house from a distance and there's like it's almost like a top gear filter and then a lot of the uh, fighting scenes later on are happening at night so it's kind of got a similar um a similarity to a uh, batman or gotham or something like that um in that sense what do you think about the second half of the film like the whole bit that's then taken apart in scotland oh it's fine it's fine it's does that fit in with a james bond well film? that's the thing not really it, it it does feel like it's from another series and I also didn't understand that he's like, okay, they're after you. Um, let's go and take you and let's hide you somewhere. And pretty much, he only takes like he goes there and then the guy he meets his old buddy friend that looked after him as a kid. And he's like, have you got any guns? And he's like, no. And he's like, have you got a gun? And he's like, yeah, I've got this double barrel shotgun and I got diamondite. Like, why didn't you bring any guns? It's not that it wasn't a bad plan. It just wasn't planned. Yeah. It's like okay, I get what you're doing. You're trying to go off the grid. But why did you leave a breadcrumb for him to follow you if you haven't got something to ambush with at the other end? Like, there's only yeah. so much that DB5 can do, and they kind of ran out of what the car could do pretty early on, and everything else after that. What they took from the people that get they killed uh, coming in first. Yeah, exactly. Guns. So yeah, it's a bit. Silly and I was, and actually, I'll say the same thing I've said before. I think I've said it before. I don't like James Bond with an automa- a semi-auto or an automatic weapon. And I think that was almost, always my biggest problem because I think Daniel Craig's James Bond always preferred like a little Uzi or something like that over a single shot Walter PPK or um, his Beretta. So whenever... I know it's like, okay, you're just picking up a gun to use it because you're just picking up a dead body, but it didn't feel right seeing that. But yeah, like he should have had, he should have taken more with him. I, I know there's like very little time to plan, but if you've got a little time to plan... Why are you going to Scotland? Because the guy arrived on a helicopter. He clearly had no p- trouble in getting there. It's not like it's inhospitable or anything like that. Well, it, it, it kind of doesn't make any sense how he... I don't, I don't know what the plan was. Like, how... Where was the bread... I don't understand where would the, was the breadcrumbs for him to find where they were in Scotland. Like, and like you said, he wasn't even prepared. I the only thing I can think about, because he purposefully asked you for the breadcrumb, maybe the breadcrumb was to slow them down. So that by the time they physically get to Scotland, the breadcrumb says they're in Manchester. So that the people following them are always a few hundred miles behind them. But they still seem to want them to get there for some reason. Well, because you need to end this. Like, she was, well, she was oh, basically yeah. bait. She was bait. James Bond was using her, uh, Emma's bait. Um, but like you said, he did not have anything prepared to then take on when, if they 
<laughs> come looking for the bait. Yeah, I mean, he came with a small army. Yeah. Bond wasn't ready for that. But the start of the film was good, in my opinion, where he's still... It's another story where he's kind of gone off the grid, kind of gone rogue, kind of just like, ah, fuck it. Because he gets shot um, during the mission. He ends up in a bar getting totally wasted and out of it for a good few months. And then he turns up because... Oh, because he gets shot by Money Penny, doesn't yeah, he? Off the he train. Get, yeah, he yeah, get, yeah, yeah. He gets shot by Money Penny. But he comes back after there's been an explosion at the MI6 headquarters. So he, know, he knows that, like, they need him. And that's, that's a like, great scene where he's like... He doesn't say it. M says it. It's like, you've come back because you know that we can't... We haven't got anyone else and you're, you're the person that might be able to do something. And it was good when he's trying to, like, Pass the tests, and they give him all those tests, and then she's like, "Oh, you've you've passed barely." But in fact, uh, he's actually failed quite badly, and she yeah. held it from everyone because she just trusts her instincts on, on it. And but then she's being queried by other people that that new guy, uh, Mallory, Mallory, and he and like, "You're just doing this because you have pride and you you have too much faith in bonds. You need to actually see sense." So though. Those kinds of uh, interactions and stories were m- the, the most compelling part of the film, and then it, it it basically just leads to the Dark Knight. But it's not. I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. I think a lot of films at the time did copy. The, it's not really like the story. It's it's the way it's shot and the way it's paced. So the, the way uh, it goes from this scene where it's like, oh, he's in this, he's hacked into our system. And that was silly as well. He's like, he's doing, his, he's waving his arms around. He's like, oh, I've got a, he's in this hiking. Device. And you're like, well, that's not how, how computers work. But that, yeah, that doesn't matter anyway. But we've been hacked. And then he's like, oh, and Bond is like, in his head, he's like, oh, wait a minute. That means then they can release the, uh, I better check on, uh, on, is it Soul? What's his name? <laughs> sorry. What's his name? Silver. Silver. Sorry. Better check on Silver. And it, it, of course he's not there. And then it leads to another scene and another scene. But then it's like, a, there's a rush going around trying to find him and figure out what's going on. And it's th- those quick editing and, of the scenes and, and quickly paced where people are walking around, getting in cars, getting out of cars. And then there was that big shoot up. And then once the shoot up happens, getting back in cars, you know. But yeah, I, I still think it's like a, a B in terms of ranking. What do you think about, what about the death of M? Does that bother you? Does it make it better? Does it make it worse? Not, not really. Uh, I know some people were very upset about... Well, she's got to retire at some point. She can't do it forever. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, you wasn't sure, like, when she was talking to Bond, you're not sure if she was talking, in, in fact, to, the, like, the Pierce Brosman Bond as well. I kind of got confused, like, because, you know, she, she started as when Pierce Brosman... So I wasn't sure, that, like... Because they, they do mention, like, other missions b- before, and, it, and it, she always says, like, oh, you... You see, that's a, good, that's a good question, though, because it's like, when you were talking earlier about um M sending him in even though he wasn't fit i was kind that was kind of reminded me of uh in isn't it in die another day yeah. where she denies him because he's not fit enough so it's like so here's the question right it, canonically is this M the same M as Pierce Brosnan yeah that's what i'm saying because in casino royale james bond isn't a double o until the title sequence like those two kills he makes before the title sequence yeah. he hasn't yet made it so it's like it's this weird thing it's like James Bond doesn't transform from one actor to another in the same way that Doctor Who does and it's like canonical in the story it's kind of this unspoken thing but then there are other actors who you know like um, Quellen Q oh yeah yeah uh, what's his name yeah yeah okay don't help me I'm but... sorry I don't know his, I don't know the actor's <laughs> name yeah, so you got you got you know you got Q, you've got Money Penny, and you've got M, who are recurring characters, and their actors don't always change at the same time as the James Bond actor does. But they're they're continuous, even if they do change, like like they're they're quite like Money Penny has changed three times now, I think four times, sorry, and they're all the same. I think they're all like pretty much continuations, and yeah, it's weird because. Sometimes like M says like you you know the game you, you know like you know how it works like sometimes uh, when Bond is like been I think when Bond gets shot and they they said oh we gave you a funeral and stuff and you're actually dead and she, he's like what we sold your flat it's all yeah. in storage and she's like you know the game and you know how it works this and that blah 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 so and then you're thinking oh, is there like something else like happened before is it is Piers Brosman, is she a part of the Piers Brosman universe and Daniel, are they connected? But who knows? It doesn't really matter, but 
Yeah, I was fine with her dying. Like, if she... They replaced him with um, that guy. I don't know his name. I forgot his name. Uh, his name's Mallory. Mallory. Sorry. I'm not, very, I'm not very good at names on these characters. And then I thought I was bad at names. I'm terrible at names. I, know, I only know his name's Mallory because I saw it um, at the end of the He's a good Wikipedia. actor, though. He's a good, he is, um, he's a good actor. He's Voldemort uh, in Harry Potter, isn't he? Ralph Fiennes? Ralph Yes, yes. He's a good, he's a good actor in... Harry Potter and he's a good actor in these James Bond films but basically he becomes M and then they have the same structure as when Sean Connery and Roger Moore his office M's office mm-hmm. in those films it's the exact same he's way more like old school than uh, Judy Dench's M was Judy Dench was like 90s 90s yeah. 2000s where it was like um, glass uh, glass offices that kind of stuff whereas yeah. M- uh, Mallory's M uh, Ralph Fiennes M is way more who was the original M Bernard Lee it's way be, yeah, more it's way more that sort of like <laughs> okay. old British sort of library aesthetic and, and all that kind of stuff is 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 this is this new M actually the old old M does it, like are they trying to say like he because because Casino Royale is like the first film in the series and it's continuing on oh right so like like he is he is yeah Bernard Lee's younger version yes yeah, I mean, because they have the same desk and they, they <laughs> have the same. It becomes like the Sean Connery Roger Moore formula where sure, he, he yeah, comes yeah, in yeah. and he's like, Well, we have this problem, WO, and you need to investigate it. And, and then, he, and then he, he says, like, Don't speak to Money Penny, get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or on your way out, don't forget, you need to do this and that. But. Oh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know which, which film it is of his. It's probably one of these early ones. You know, do you remember always Sean Connery and occasionally Roger Moore would always throw their hats in, oh, yeah, in yeah. Money Penny's office? Yeah. Well, obviously, Daniel Craig doesn't really wear a hat. So I think there's one, one of the films where he gets fired. He, uh, he throws his name badge into the bin. That's a little... Uh, it's not the same, but it's similar to the old Bonds. James Bond throwing things in Money Penny's office. So what I would, I would give this a B. What would you give it? Uh... I don't think it's any higher. Um, so you, uh, you, was you, was you blown away the first time you saw it, and then when you watched it a few times, you're like, I think everyone got caught up with that Adele song. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I think I, they did. I think everyone's like, oh, well, everyone else may have. So what I liked about the film was the Scottish part. Who doesn't love Scotland Highlands? That is supposed to be James Bond's home, his childhood home, where he grew up again. I'm going to go back to it. I've read the novels. That's not how I pictured it in my head. I'm I'm pretty sure it was written with um with more woods like along the driveway and everything, but that wouldn't make for great cinematic shots and obviously you film in the house that you can find. Yeah, and blow up. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and blow up. I mean, it might not have been a real house. It might have been a house that they built to blow up. But so I I I like that aspect even though it wasn't quite canon in my head. I liked, you know, who doesn't like the DB5 being used to its full potential, even if it did get destroyed at the end. That was great. Um, it was a good film. I don't think it was a great film. There were some good aspects to it. The the bit where they escaped London uh, in that court. Yeah, well, that's probably the best. That's probably James Bond at his best in this film. He's using he's using a single shot pistol, doing clever stuff like uh, shooting the fire extinguishers for cover. That's where James Bond is being his fully trained self, where he's using his his mind not just his talent he's using his mind to kind of solve things you know when he basically kidnaps m i think as the camera pans down as m's getting in the car you know he's already in the car but it's still just as funny when um when she's like ah what's going on and it's like oh it's you sort yeah, of thing and yeah. you can kind of and then you can kind of see how she settles in with that 100 percent like trust in him and she's like not not that she's scared ever scared but she's not worried well she's just had some guy pull up that's another thing where he gets in the courtroom he points the gun at M and they do it, just do it, doesn't do it. And they, they, that's always these films' flaws where they have a chance to just do what they actually want to do. Yeah, but then the second half of the film wouldn't exist, Tommy. Like, what? Well, there you go. Do you want to watch exactly. the film or exactly. do you want... Exactly, but... Like, but the amount of but, team, the but like, TV and films I've seen they... where it's like, if you if you yeah, did know, one thing differently here, the whole situation yeah, wouldn't but, have happened. Uh, and, but then okay. we'd have nothing to watch. Exactly, but the writers got themselves and started was like, well, what, what? He he basically like you could you could put a better something together. It was like he couldn't actually get to M. Like M was crowded away, people were shooting at him, so he couldn't get a shot away. But literally, he's like a few yards away, and he's got a gun pointing at her head, and he doesn't shoot, and he just walks off and starts shooting. Yeah. And you're like, what? What's going on? Why didn't he like that? He wanted to get revenge. Oh, it was, yeah. But anyway, it's still a good film. I definitely I recommend watching it. It's not the best Daniel Craig film, but 
it's a solid B. A solid B, okay. I mean, there's no such thing as a solid or a high B, it's just a B. It's a B. It has to be a B. So the next film is Spectre 2015. So in my head, I don't, I don't want to give too much away. Well, I'm not giving anything away because I said this in the uh, No Time to Die podcast. In my head, Daniel Craig's films are almost like a W. Good, bad, good, bad, good. You didn't like the last one. Oh, no time to There's only five films. So so it's like... I have to like this one, you were saying. You don't have to like this one. I don't like this film. I don't like it. I wouldn't say I don't like it. I, I think it's okay. I don't think it's a D, but I don't think it's anything. It's not going to be a B. It's probably a C, in my opinion. It's uh, It has some scenes where it's typical James Bond bullshit. <laughs> like, I think I must have said this on the podcast for No Time to Die. There's a scene where he's on a train, and if you're a wrestling fan, you know... Who... Oh, with Batista? Batista. And he shows up on the train, and they literally smash up the whole train by having a massive fight. The original films, they had they had fights on trains, but they only had them in their little cabin. And no one else on that train... Got affected by it. Got affected. They didn't know, they didn't know anything, like, what was going on. They were just, like, big loud noises, whatever. In this film, they, they destroy, like, a whole carriage. And there's people, there's staff, and they're like, what the hell is going on? The thing is, it wasn't even... So the character's name is Mr. Hinks. It wasn't even him that was doing it. It was James Bond who basically ripped the back end of a train off with a with um excavator. So it's not just the bad guys that are doing it. It's the, it's the good ones as well. Basically, he has this fight, and everything's, like, got destroyed. People are like, what the hell's going on? And the next scene, he starts having sex. Starts having a love scene. And he, like, doesn't make any... What is going on? You've just destroyed a whole train, half of a train, and there's people around, and then he's he's having... He's making up, like... Don't you think you should be asking, like, people call the police, stop the train? The train just continues on, and, and then the, nothing really gets, like, oh, that's okay. You just go back to your cabin and have sex it doesn't make any sense that's that's just one scene like really bad scene in my opinion but there's still some good scenes the opening scene when he's in the carnival that's the one where he is dressed up isn't he he has Um, like a mask skeleton suit yeah that was that was stupid that was stupid that was that was the same level as him having the clown in um octopusy did he have face paint on as well i thought he just a skeleton suit yeah he had this the skeleton suit but no, I'm not saying it's. It, he had the same sort of. But I'm actually going to counter that because it's not quite the same. Because when he was a clown in Octopussy, he was one of the only clowns there. Now he is dressed up, and whether he's got the white paint on his face or not, I can't remember. No, I don't think he does. It's just. Like... I think it's just the. I think it might just be the the suit. But yeah, that's actually a camouflage. Just blend in because there's literally ten thousand people there, all wearing the same thing. So if he was wearing his normal stuff. He'd stick out like a sore Does, thumb. Would James Bond need that? He hasn't needed that before. Only... Well, he needed it for that particular section. He takes it off a minute. You know, they go back to the hotel room. Then he quickly changes into his normal garb. And then he's off again with his semi-automatic weapon that I don't think he should have. Because the whole helicopter scene, that was in his normal stuff. It was only that very first scene where he met the girl. And they're going up the elevator. Left. Lift. I don't know where that came from. He's going up the lift. He's only wearing that for like 20 seconds of the film. You're, you're reading too much into it. And I'm the one who didn't like the clown. I love the clown. Leave the clown alone. <laughs> I, I still I still think back to that. I'm like, yeah, that was really stupid when it's like, sir, there's a bomb in there. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded if he was wearing a clown outfit. It was the face paint. All right. But back, back yeah, to the film. Where it's... So um, it's uh, it's basically um, they, they show Spectre. So they finally revealed that Spectre, like the in the original uh, James Bond films, where they have like a organization of rank, they have number one, number five, number six, and it was quite neat to see that. And you see Blofeld, and then he reveals that we finally understand that he's actually half brothers with James Bond. Wait, what? Isn't he? He's like, uh, didn't they get raised with the same parents? I don't remember this. Really? No. I don't remember it being a thing. That doesn't mean it didn't. That just might mean I missed it. They did mention something about... And that's when they, you know, in No Time to Die, the, the DNA. And then, and then she tries to... It, I don't think they really touched on it very well. Oh, no. What am I saying? Sorry. It's... So, Mr. White gets killed. Mr. White dies of thallium. Yeah, he, he no, he shoots himself. He shoots himself yeah, with Bond's sorry. gun after, uh, at the end, but he was already dying um, when Bond finds him and speaks to him. He points him towards his daughter, says, keep her safe. Yeah. 
So he does that, probably kind of exposes her to Spectre anyway, because she was probably hiding quite well. I'm kind of reading up, trying to read about this guy. So Bond is tortured. Ah, I'll tell you why I missed it. I'll tell you why I missed it. So it is in there? No, it mu- I don't know if it's in there. Okay. Because it's in the bit where they drill into his head. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. skipped that scene. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I watched it the first time. I skipped it the second time. There was no way I was watching that. And also, similarly, very, 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 very similar to this film, but a very completely different film. There's a Formula One film with um, Chris Hemsworth. I can't remember what it's called, but it's from like 2013. Yeah, yeah, I know. And they drill holes in his visor so that the... Because it's raining on the track, so that the humidity can escape. But they're drilling like three centimetres from his eyeballs. And I was like, what the f*** are you doing? You might blind him. Anyway, it was very similar. Small needles being inserted into bodies the way they shouldn't be. But um, So it says Bond is tortured as Oberhauser discusses their shared history. Yes. After Bond was orphaned, Oberhauser's father, Hanes, became his temporary guard- guardian. So it sounds, yep, jealous of his father's affection for Bond. He killed his father, staged his own death and adopted the name Blofeld and then went on to form Spectre and target Bond. That's pretty much it. And he's and he's been in, he's been behind a lot of the stuff that's been tragic in James Bond's life, such as Vesper and M and Yeah, he was so all on. behind it. Yep. So I missed all of that because I couldn't watch that film, that scene. Fair enough. It, it, it's not a very comfortable scene, but for for who, someone who's actually got a stomach, <laughs> I no, you're not wrong. I have zero tolerance for anything like like that. You don't like the Saw films? Uh, no. Have you seen? Did you ever watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier? No, Captain the TV version of Captain America and the Winter. No, I haven't. Seen was that. no? What's it called? The Fal- Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, no, I. I no, I didn't get... Are you in any interest in watching that? Probably not now. Is, okay, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but there is a scene and... Oh, and it, this happens in um, No Time to Die. Basically, James Bond breaks that guy's arm by pushing it. Yep. That scene, there's a similar scene in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Why do you need to do that? Like, that's not necessary. You, we, don't, we don't need those scenes in films, thank you very much. I don't know, like, if you, if you have the... Not in a James Bond film. It's like, it, Jack... You know, do you know about Jack Reacher? I've not seen Jack Reacher. I, the, the closest I've seen is like um, the Bourne films. I've not seen anything. Basically, Jack Reacher knows all that stuff, and he he takes like someone's arm and he just snaps it. And why not? Like if you know that if you know that martial art and you're able to because these are like James Bond are almost family friendly films. No, they should. No, be. I, th- I think, but they but they always have been sort of. That's the Roger Moore. I know it is, but they kind of but they kind of are like okay. There are the like. They have love scenes, but they're not sex scenes. So they're not so bad that you couldn't watch them with other people. I wouldn't feel uncomfortable watching those films like with my parents or Jen's parents or anything like that. So then suddenly having a, a, this scene where you're drilling into someone's neck, it's just a bit too much. Was it the, was his neck or was it was his head? I, I don't know. I didn't see you did, it. You didn't see it. But what I mean is like, they can do it in the film, but they don't have to show the detail. So it's like, I had no problem with the torture scene in Casino Royale because they don't focus on it. No. You know what's happening, but they don't focus on it. If they did, if they shot this film in such a way that you don't, you know, you're not focusing in, zooming in as this is going into his eyeball or wherever it goes in his face or where, I don't know where it is. Is it his head? Is it, is it neck? I don't I think know. it was his head. Okay. I don't to make him forget, to... like on his brain, so he forgets. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to know the detail of a drill going in someone's head. I, d- I don't. So you mind... went on screen and him just like going. <laughs> I don't mind the camera being two meters behind him, and James Bond is on the chair in silhouette, and you can see the 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 robotic arm approaching his head, and you can hear him shout. Yeah, that's fine. What I don't want is the camera like half a foot away, perfectly zoomed, perfectly focused in on uh, on the drill bit. Like there's that's that's where it is for me. For me, like I think this day and age, like the average film goer has probably seen a lot worse. But it's a difference between like, okay, this guy's got a broken bone. Are you going to show the bone itself or not? It's it's that kind of thing. It's like I don't mind that someone breaks their bones, you know, broken their leg in a in a film. I but I don't want to see the bone sticking out of the skin. Like that's a different that's a different level of film, really. If I remember correctly, I don't even think blood even came out. They don't think they even show blood coming out of it. Like, if that was real... I don't think there would be blood. Really? What? So it's sticking a needle in your head. It's in, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's quite... in the head, isn't it? It's like the, the brain or something. I, I don't know. I don't think... I don't know. I don't want to know, like you said. But... I'm not a medical expert. I don't know. Yeah, it... it... Do not take any medical expert, any medical advice from this podcast. We have no idea. But I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, you got to go and watch this film. But it kind of made 
No Time to Die. It is a prerequisite for that film, though, isn't it? Yeah, because she even says she says about there was a person that came to our house when we were little. She killed. He killed my my mum, and I hid underneath the bed. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's No Time to Die then. I understand now. But yeah, there's there's some weird scenes where the, the action scenes are not that great, and James Bond is talking on the phone a lot and driving around, and you're like, and then you got Batista driving after him. So what do you think about Batista, apart from the train scene? Did you like his henchman? He's basically Jaws, but uh, just someone... Jaws can just... Jaws didn't really do too much. Like, he didn't... I don't think he killed anyone. This guy killed some... He he, does kill people. He bit someone's neck. I think the first time you see him, he kills someone. He does, actually. Sorry. But this this Batista guy takes this guy's eyes out. And then kills him. Then kills him as well. He'd have been... It was mercy. Was it was just... merciful. But Again, that... that was another scene that I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. That was just stupid, in my opinion. Like the way he took his eyes out and then just snapped his neck. It just looked. It looked like a cartoon. The whole thing just looked stupid. It, it was meant to be like make you feel like really tensed up and like really scared, but it, it kind of just backfired and made you think, oh, this is just stupid. This whole thing. And they're all in this room, and, and he says, "Oh, number five, you've really messed up." The you know who who you can't you need to take this person blah blah down who's gonna do it he wants to step up and then he he comes along and takes the person who's failed and kills him. Oh yeah, what about this whole other subplot about uh, Nine Eyes? The whole thing where there was Adam Scott who was trying to take out MI6 and become oh, yeah, this sort silly. of like super spy. So he's working with Blofeld as well. Hmm. That was just silly. That story didn't. I didn't need to. You could cut everything out of, from that story, and it wouldn't change the film, really, would it? Yeah, you didn't need it at all. It didn't make any like, sense. Like you know, Adam Scott. Is it Adam Scott? I think it's Adam Scott. He played it really well. I, I think he was Moriarty in um, Sherlock. He played the part really well, but I just don't think it was really a necessary plot point. I think. I think the most part. I suppose the thing it served is it kind of helped you get on board with Mallory as M. Yeah. Um, which, to be fair, it did work. Like. He's a good actor. He is. He's a really good. Yeah, he's a good actor, but he's also really good as M. I suppose for all the, like I said in the previous one, when when Ju- Judy Dench was killed, so many people were like, "We don't want anyone but Judy Dench." So they bring in uh, Renell Fiennes, and they give him something more to do than Bernard Lee would ever have done. But um, and she's in this all. I mean, she had a pre-recorded tape. Yeah, that was stupid, in my opinion. It's like, Bond, I need you to go and find this person, and I need you to go and kill him. End of the tape. You want me to go and kill someone? Why? How come? What, is, what has he done? Would that stand up in court? No answers. Like, you, you, don't, you just get a tape saying, go and investigate this guy, and actually, go and investigate the guy, but also kill him. He's like, you made up his mind. Like, and He's like, yep, yes, ma'am. Beyond the great, that was stupid. And uh, another stupid thing, they did the old Q thing again. I hate it. Where James Bond's telling Q, he's like, uh, I'm going away. Don't tell uh, M where I am. And oh, this I, is the one where he bullies him into uh, give the smart blood takes half an hour to take effect. Yeah, all that. 12 hours make it 72. Yeah. And then, and then doesn't James Bond just like, he goes off completely off the grid, but then Q, Q finds him. He's like, how the hell did you find me? He's like, well, I'm a hacker. I can do anything. And you have the city scene. No, he doesn't go off the grid. Doesn't he? No, Q always knows where he is. He lies to M about where James Bond is. He he turns up, though. Yeah, he does turn up because he knows where Bond is. He always did know where Bond is. He just didn't tell the truth to M. But he didn't need to turn up. I'm not saying he needed to turn up. I'm saying he always knew where James Bond was. I think he turned up so that M would stop asking him questions as to where James Bond was and why the smart blood wasn't working. He oh, probably... no, he says you need to come back. Oh, yeah, maybe that. He said, I think I think he finally revealed like to M, I f***ed up. And he goes, you better go and get him back then. So he goes and finds him and he's like, you need to come back. M's pissed off at you and I'm, I'm going to lose my job. So please come back and lose my house, my mortgage. His cats. And, and my cats. And then he gets dragged into like a, a fight thingy because... The bad guys show up. Like, James Bond shows up and he has that silly interview thing for, I don't know, be healthy or got, got no insurance or something. And, and he's telling them, I know your dad and, you know, the people are going to come after you. And, it, and it, she's like, go away, I don't need your help. But then Q, man, 
after that, the bad guys show up, and then James Bond tries to go after the bad guys, and Q gets him, gets dragged into it. It all seems a bit convenient. It's uh, it's definitely just to see. It's not, it's not anything worse. It's not anything better. Yeah, I would have at most put it. Not that I think it would have deserved it, but at most it would have been on par with Skyfall. I think there is some. Skyfall is a better film, definitely. There's there's a lot more better scenes in Skyfall, especially the, the start. Yeah, I think there are some good bits in Spectre, but. I think Skyfall had more of it, despite being a slightly different film from the rest of them. And we already discussed No Time to Die, so there's not really any point discussing that. I think the last film... We still talk about it a little bit, because not everyone's listened to all of our podcasts. Well, generally, I found No Time to Die to be a pleasantly good film. There wasn't anything I didn't like in the film. It's better than Spectre. has some good action scenes, has... Aston Martin DB DB five DB nine at the start with the shooting up the bad guys. The villain is probably the weakest part of the film because he's not really in it too much. Yeah, he kind of he he, like he, we said in the podcast. He, he, he uh, Remy Malik does do well. He, he needs more. Got. Yeah, but he still does well with what he's got. He's quite uh He's not really into. He's kind of like scaled back, but by scaling him back by him being very quiet and him like talking very softly spoken makes him seem like more devious person and then they kind of like if you watch spectre and then watch no time to die it, it, it kind of like makes more sense blowfeld and because i watched no time to die i was like who's this character i, I couldn't remember that that was blowfeld or anything i was just like yeah i mean yeah so i had the same sort of things where i was watching this film and there was obviously so many links to spectre a film which i'd only seen once and and was struggling to remember it's like i know who you are but i don't know who you are i know who this woman is but i don't know who you are oh it's this woman who apparently he's he may or may not have had a child with but i don't really remember who you are because vespa lind is dead and i can't and i was like Oh yeah, there was that psychiatrist lady. Yeah. I think this film's biggest weakness is the prevalence of knowledge you need coming in. No other James Bond film really requires you to know anything about James Bond to just be able to watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. Every film is standalone, whereas this is almost a part two. Yes, definitely. Because it's the same Bond girl. He's basically married to this girl now. Pretty much. But yeah, I'd probably give it a C+. A C+. You know, it's... Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's better than Spectre, but does it really deserve a B? I'm not so sure. It's uh, it's got good, some good action scenes. It's got. It has that annoying lady that keeps saying, "Can I please have Bond's ranking?" Just shut up. That's Who cares? not. That's not what happens. It is. It's not what you you it are is. misremembering. I'm not. She's like, can I can I have his title? Can but I she be- already has his title. She is 007. No, she she asked for it. She got it, and then she gives it back because he. She's like, okay, you can have your. 007 status back James Bond alright she was a very annoying character in my opinion but um yeah one thing I will say is that my dad has missed out on this film because I I kept saying to him this film's on Amazon Prime in 4K HDR looks amazing like the what they've done in terms of uh, releasing the film on 4K Blu-ray looks really nice if you have a 4K Blu-ray player or even um, you watch it on or you rent it or buy it on some store like iTunes or yeah whatever you, you know you, you gotta get a pretty good 4k stream it was on Amazon Prime he had the chance to watch it and he hasn't watched that one and he just said no I'm not watching it I can't be asked. I was like well you're missing a good film I still think it's a good film like people give it some bad reviews and stuff but it's a decent film it's worth watching at least and it's the end of Daniel Craig's t- uh, t- tenure as James Bond so but um, yeah what would you give it B, C, A, F. Nah, you wouldn't give it an F. No, I, for me, I think it it brings back a lot of classic elements of James Bond. Yes. So things like things like the big base where, um, oh, yeah, because his name was Lucifer, wasn't it? Lucifer. So Lucifer's base was like this grand plant-growing concrete jungle on an island because he was yes. growing these poisonous gardens and this sort of like nanobot no the nanobot was stolen from mi6 he just had all, he just had this poisonous because all those people were doing that weird thing in the water and then one of them fell in and died and everything and that kind of harkens back to sean connery and roger moore the kind of big boss lair where there's hundreds of workers just doing their job they're not 
evil people. They're not even bad people. They're just probably um, unfortunate people who need work and they've found work and sending money home or whatever. Because um, actually, when that when the female 007 kills that guy and throws him into the water and they see him get eaten like a piranha, all the people around him are shocked and they run out of the water as if they've never seen that happen before. So I, I can't imagine that they are particularly guilty of anything other than working for someone who's a bit crooked. Yeah. So, because it's difficult, I want to say maybe this film should be an A because it, it, there's so many good elements like that that it brings that it brings in. But at the same time, like things that we've said, it is essentially a part two, which is unlike any other James Bond film in the past. So, and James Bond dies at the end. <gasps> Spoilers. And it's like James Bond doesn't have to die for the actor to change. So why does he die at the end? Does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel bad? Does it make you feel nothing? Because he... they were like, this is the end of Daniel Craig's tale. Yeah, but Most they didn't kill off Brosnan. They didn't kill off Roger Moore. That's what I'm saying. It's not a requirement for James Bond character. When Roger they do Moore went change. to the retirement home. The only one who retired was um, uh, Q when he when he was replaced by John Cleese. Well, he wasn't actually technically... I think he, he, they were suggesting that he was going to be... Training his replacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of that was unfortunate, like we said in the previous podcast, where unfortunately he passed away. But um, um, I'm gonna say I'm a. Gonna, I'm gonna put it in an A. Okay. For a, for a couple, of, I th- I do think it is a good film. I think it suffers in a couple of ways, but I don't think that's enough to bring it down. Um, and I think that's probably gonna balance things quite nicely. Now, I did say yes when we finish everything, we would rebal- We might have a chance to rebalance where some of the films are, but we're actually recording in person and i don't actually have the list with me so i don't know what any of the other films are so unfortunately that means all those films that are in places you don't want them to be they're just gonna have to stay there that's fine yeah i'm so sorry about that what i'm trying to say is have we actually finished all the films yes we have have we that's the bond 26 that's the last james bond film excuse me what about never say never again right i watched 20 minutes of that film okay it was awful get out I couldn't. I oh, just, no, you can't get out. You're I just your couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get out. Well, get get out. out of my house. No. What do you mean? It was awful. I just couldn't. Like, okay. I'm sorry, but one of the one of the things I had was at the beginning the special effects seemed to be broken, but it turned what? out it was a training exercise, and they were yeah. probably firing blanks as yes. opposed to real guns. Of course. But I just Why? I watched. I was watching it, and I was like, this is just. It was uncomfortable to watch. Really? Yeah, Sean Connery was way too old. He was like he was not James Bond in that film. He, I couldn't see him as James Bond. He was an old man. He wasn't an old man. He was an older man, but he still was. He James played Bond. James Bond worse than. Like he go. Did you get to the part where he played the game? I watched the first half an hour ish, and then I kind of skipped around, and I could see the. I could see when he was at the um, that center, uh, you know, that respite center, um, and they bring the people in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, so the, in the, the first one where he gets put on that rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's at that place. Um, well, I, don't you think that's a lot better seen than the original? Uh, is it Moonwake? Moonwaker? No, it was it was Thunderball. Thunderball, sorry, Thunderball. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, but didn't yeah? Okay, didn't you think that was a better scene than Thunderball? Like, what would you rather have? Some guy coming in and turning up the um the how 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 fast that machine goes, where it goes up and down and stretching his arms and legs, or would you rather have a big massive fight in the actual clinic where he's smashing, he's beating the guy up. The guy is yeah, he looks older, but he's he fights still like James Bond. He's still got that sixties, seventies kind of fighting where he's beating a guy up and he's using his intelligence to outwit the guy because he electrocutes that guy I think if I remember no correct. he stole that from Goldfinger then then they did they electrocute him in this did, did you see that scene I didn't I, did, I didn't see that bit no so like I said I was the guy that turns up and then instead of doing the old oh he stretched my legs and stretched my arms and I think there wasn't a fight scene after that but in Never Say Never Again there's a huge fight scene where he's beating up the guy and didn't you think it was more interesting that, that instead of um, copying the guys f- making a clone of, of of the guy. Well, they did the eye. They did the eye instead, and they they and they were like, and that was more plausible. Like they were messing about with the guy's uh, eye, and they were like, that. And the woman was literally torturing him, smacking him around, and you felt really bad. I for saw him. the eye bit. I don't remember the beating the ever living crap out of him. And then he managed yeah, to I, launch the, the. Obviously not. I I just didn't. I just couldn't. I didn't find it enjoyable to watch. Not even the sharks. He gets in. He gets in the scene. No. Did you see that bit when nope. he's, he's in the shot? Realistically, I saw, I saw up to the bit where he met, I presume, M and everyone. 
So you've got the first scene and then the second scene. So the first scene is a training scene. The second scene is probably him talking to M and the chief of staff yeah, in yeah, the yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I was just like, I just don't enjoy this. And I started skipping around the film and just trying to find bits that looked familiar. But I, I didn't watch the rest of the film. I just couldn't, could not enjoy it. You didn't like Rowan Atkinson in the film? Oh, I didn't see him in the film. He's in it twice. That really wouldn't have fit if he was in there. You didn't like... Um, oh, I forgot her name, though. She's quite... Um, she's in Batman, the original 1989 Batman. The the Bond girl in this is quite nice looking. But, okay, you didn't like it. You probably thought it's not really a Bond film. But in my opinion, it's... I went in with an open mind. Yeah. Liter- no, honestly, yeah. I sat down. I said, right, I'll watch this. I've got my notebook out. I was going to write notes. I had a beer with me, you know, <laughs> legitimately, I was going to sit down and watch it and I just could not enjoy it. Well, it was violently, it was just like, shit, I can't watch this. Like, I may have had a, a, a prejudice. Yeah, uh, I think you I, did. I can't help that. I just cannot. Yeah. Uh, but I did try my best to watch it and I just couldn't. Okay. I did enjoy Casino Royale, though. That was a good film. Oh, God, please. I haven't seen it, but I've seen some scenes. And it's, it's terrible. No, I've not seen it either. I've seen, um, I watched the, the Q film, the Q scene with all the um, the gadgets. It felt more like a spoof than it is. an it's, actual James Bond it's film. It's just it, random people. And then the problem with that film is they've admitted, like, the people that were included in the film, they want more lines than other people when they're fighting each other to have more screen time. And it's just a mess. And it, one one person wants this written for him, another person wants that written, and then this director because they had like three directors, they're all different, three different directors directing the film, and they're all directing different portions of the film. It just doesn't. That sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's why it's such a bad film. It's just all over the place. Like one of them's like, this is a comedy. This is a this, and this is this. And this. But never say never again. Um, so where are you going to rank it? It's not going on the list, but where would you rank it? I give it an A. You give it an A. Honestly. I know people think it's probably the worst or medium, but it has it's the same story of Thunderball, but it's a better version of Thunderball. And even the did you not even watch the ending? Just to compare the difference between Thunderball's ending, where he's on a boat, and in Never Say Never Again, he's like he's under he goes underground underwater, and he's like there's like a tomb underwater. And he, they have the bombs. Oh, there. I may have seen that. I may have. They have yeah. yeah, and then he goes and takes the bombs. And the villain, like, did you not enjoy the villain? The, the the guy with the white hair? He was a much more, he was a very good villain. He's acting and way he, way he was very, like, straight to the point, set in stone, like, and you can tell, like, he was m- manipulating loads of people. You just couldn't get over the fact that Sean Connery looked old. No, that's and not. And in, in this film, you could, you could see his tattoo, and I never noticed that before in the other James Bond films. He has, like, a Navy tattoo on his arm. Maybe they'd covered it. Oh, they did with makeup I, or something. I never saw it, but on this, in never say never again. It's very clear. I think they were just like, eh, whatever, just leave it. No, it's not just that James, that Connery was too old. It's just it didn't feel like James Bond. But the thing is, he was at the time. He's too. He was. I think he was two years younger than Roger Moore. The film came out at the same time as Octopussy. Well, Roger Moore obviously played James Bond better at those ages. Like, do so you think Octopussy? Okay, sorry, Octopussy. We, the thing is, you haven't you haven't seen. It, I haven't so seen it to say oh, yay or nay. I'm just, but I can I can say like, okay. What about the? Let's talk about the opening. But shot. in Octopussy, Roger Moore was James Bond. In Never Say Never, it was difficult. It was just difficult. The opening shot is where everyone just switches off instantly, like the music. Um, no, I, I knew. I that knew one. that was going to be different, so I I let that. And that really, it and was. You enjoyed, did you enjoy it, or just like yeah, that's what it is. It is what it is. Okay. I basically got to the, basically got to the bit where um, the bit that really pushed it off was when he was talking to M and the other people in that office, and I'm like, who are all these people? I don't know who any of them are. I'm M- assuming one of them is M, but M does not stand out in this. M in is this a scene. younger younger man in this version. Right, I mean, right, but what I mean is like. M has no presence in this scene. Oh, he had loads of presence throughout the film. He's he's quite an arsehole to, to Bond. No, like, but what I mean is, like, there's four people in this scene currently. I know who one of them is. I should know who all of them are. 
I should know the order and the rank of these people because it's MI6. You've got the big boss, you've got the chief of staff, I presume, you've got James Bond, and you've got some other person in this scene. I, I, I think there was, there was three at least. There might have been four. Maybe there's more. I don't know. Yeah. But I should have been able to tell yeah. who was who without them saying who they were or what their um, rank was. I should have been able to tell just by the way they kind of behaved. And it was, I, I just couldn't tell. Well. I mean, if, if you kept watching, he he basically becomes an arsehole. Right. To, okay. to Bond. But and I didn't. It, so. And uh, he's just like, I think mean, they're cranking up the fact that Sean Connery's old and he's like, I can't wait for you to retire or just die, pretty much. Because <laughs> you're you're like a dinosaur of the old of the old ways, and that that's kind of been done before, and then later on it gets done. But yeah, for me, it's I I enjoy that. I wouldn't say it's an S, but it has a very good villain, and it has. Sean Connery back and I didn't really I didn't notice too much like yeah I think if you're in that mindset of like you see Roger Moore and you see the women that he's with in, in the James Bond films and then you see Sean Connery at in this film it kind of just doesn't like it doesn't really take effect in your head but if you didn't have Roger Moore and you just had Sean Connery at this age doing you would be like yeah he's too old but then you could say the same for roger moore who's two years older and in my opinion sean connery gives a better performance as james bond in, in never say never again than in octopussy hmm. but that's all i got to say like maybe one day you might give it another chance and might find something in that I you like it. but at least you tried that's the main I thing tr- i tried and that's all the time i'm willing to put aside to it fair enough because it's two hours it's like if, if i know i'm not gonna enjoy it i'm not gonna force myself through it and is that really Really nice. Like the, did you not the the bad bone gal? There's like the bad villain gal. She's really hot in this. And you're like, whoa. And the, anyway, I liked it, but it seems like who knows? Maybe there will be someone out there in the comments who agrees with me and says, yeah, I I, I agree with Tommy. I love Never Say Never Again. But you know, hopefully, hopefully someone's out there. If you're listening, you know. You you we're on the same page. Yeah, I got a new title for that film for me, and it's never, never again. Never again. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Thank you for listening to this episode of North vs South. You should be able to find the tier list linked in the YouTube description below or in the show notes of the podcast app you are using. Please feel free to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Comment below or follow and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app of choice. Goodbye.